Hey, Phil. Hey, Laurie. 100, 100. We're just about to talk over each other, even on our 100th show. We're still no good at this. Just too excited, man. I can't <laughs> contain it. Yeah, listeners, it's season two, episode 50, which is the official 100th episode. You know, there are less numbers on the iTunes feed because there's only 75 on the feed. There are more numbers on the website, but we must assure you, this is the spiritual 100th. Yes? This is episode 100. Think Star Wars, like Rogue One doesn't count, but episode yes. eight, The Last Jedi does. Yes, quite right, Phil. And so, as we like to do on these anniversary shows, because it sort of marks a year of us doing this It's a birthday. Show, yeah, we're going to do little highlighty reels. Thank you so much for joining in. I do have some thoughts for you on the disaster artist Blade of the Immortal and Bingo, the King of the Mornings, for which I've also got an incredible interview with the director, Daniel Resende. Yeah, you said he loved you, didn't he? He made a fantastic comment that I wish I'd still been recording for, where he basically said this was the best interview of the day. There you go. Sounds good, doesn't it? Top-notch reporting from That's Laurie Bailey. Nice to have on the 100th show, isn't it? That, I feel that marks a step change for us, Phil. Indeed, a step change. And as does the delicious hot chocolate with Baileys and whipped cream that Phil and I and the third person in the studio for the intro right now are drinking. May I extend a very warm and very grateful welcome to executive producer, my loving wife, Judith. Hi. Hello, Judith. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you very much for supporting this little endeavour. And thank you as well, I should say, to the other executive producer, that's Ellie, my fiancé. You guys have been brilliant. Thank you very much for supporting our little fun in games. Oh, and thank you so much for the flowers. This is what makes audio so good, because no one will ever know what They'll just think... There are are no flowers. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Judith. Okay, Phil, anything else to add on the show? Uh, just a massive thank you really thank you to those who've been listening thank you for those who've been emailing in that has been so much fun so rewarding as doing this little adventure of ours it would be absolutely pointless if nobody was listening and you guys are listening and you're being great listeners so thank you to you and thank you to those on Patreon who support us and help keep the costs uh, manageable it really means a lot and yeah I think that's pretty much it and thank you Laurie I nearly forgot to do it. And I've, this is the whole reason why I wanted to do thank yous at the beginning. Thank you to Laurie. Laurie is the superstar of this whole thing. It wouldn't happen without him. He edits the show. He goes off and watches all these films and has been pushing and knocking on those doors to make Super Baby Bros something that is actually cool and interesting rather than just some sort of lame thing in a room. So well done, Laurie, and thank you. Well, that's very kind of you, Phil. But obviously, I, not everything you just, said just, there is just... <laughs> just put a full stop there, man. You don't uh, need to respond. Just well, let it move on. It certainly wouldn't have happened without you as well there, Phil. I think for whatever reason, people seem to enjoy it when we uh, get in a room, as you say, and talk and most of the time argue. So, uh, yeah, really appreciated. And listeners, as I let me echo all of Phil's thanks right there. It makes a massive, massive difference. And I know because of the emails we get, we've got listeners who've been listening from day one, still listening two years down the line. And that is incredible to me. Thank so you. So cool. So cool. And to me. Yes. Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Are you How dare you, Judith? <laughs> no, no, I was just teasing. One thing I feel I should say, and you advised me not to, Phil, but there we go, was that I was going to do a sort of spectacular production to the intro here and pretend like we were on the red carpet and have a sort of Joan Collins type figure uh, asking us questions. And we could have had crowds going, Laurie, Phil, look over here, take a photo with us. I mean, knowing you, you will have put a crowd in in the background of now. Of course I now... Well, exactly. But instead, I thought I'd ask Judith a couple of questions since you're here. Because you, Judith, uh, represent someone who has supported this show from absolutely absolutely the sidelines and you very much see it warts and all and all the ups and downs and the frustrations and the, all that sort of stuff uh do you have any comments on the year of the podcast 
I feel like in- increasingly not watching films because Laurie watches them all by himself. Oh, yeah. And so anything that I want to watch, I can't because he's already watched it. Or we might look through the <laughs> Netflix list and he'll say, no, nah, that's not very good. Or I'll say, oh, I'd really like to watch that one. And he'll, he'll start it and then be like, oh, actually, Judith, this isn't great. Oh, no, um, really? Yeah, you've done that. Feels? Yeah, you've done that that's a few times. Sad. So, I, yeah, unless it's you're patiently awaiting Baywatch. And yes. once that comes out, then maybe I'll be allowed to watch that. Strangely enough, it's in my head as a film I'm keen to see again and it's been regarded as such a huge flop I really think you're going to like it Judy I, I do well we'll see if I can watch it <laughs> I've got a question how many times has Laurie recommended uh, a film to you and convinced you to go see it and then you've been disappointed by it oh good question the thing is he's got he's quite a compelling is that the way you say a compelling arguer so he makes you convinced that what he has advised is actually the right thing um, so even <laughs> if I think it's a slightly rubbish film he will find some way of making me come back to it definitely like happened it. with youth do you remember that Oh, that was no, a date. That, yeah, that was not. Do you remember you babysat for us actually did, that night, I Phil? Um, and yeah, we went to see Youth, and I was not impressed. Mm. I'm, I think I'm not an art housey type type film watcher. I think I prefer something with a bit more superheroes and pizzazz. Yeah, mm. I have a question for you two. Ooh. I would like to know. So tonight you're given the opportunity to go anywhere. Oh wow! And that anywhere has to be a film land. You Tatooine know what, you know I mean? and the desert planet, or you could go to Willy Wonka's Chocolate yeah. Factory, or you could go to uh, Rohan and ride with the horses, that sort of thing. Yes, Interesting. where would you go? That's a deep question. It is deep. I That's a tough one to answer on the spot. Interesting question, Judith, thank you. I'm going to say The Matrix, but as someone who's woken up from it, so I can go and fly around. <laughs> <laughs> well, like Neo. Yeah. So you're going to wake up from The Matrix and then plug yourself back in it's and like have It's the ultimate VR experience, isn't it? I'd be quite interested in that. Uh, I think I would go, I'm going to be really, really lame and say I'd quite like to go to Pandora in, uh, oh, seriously, in from Avatar. Avatar and just, you know, run around. But you'd die, would you not? I thought you couldn't breathe. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can't and breathe. That's a bad, all the wild bad choice. Um, you'd have, have to go to... down as an Avatar. I'll think about it for the rest of the show and then I'll get back to you, Judith. Great, thanks. Okay. All right, well, as we continue to sip on our hot chocolate with Baileys and whipped cream, Judith, thank you very much again for all your support. No. Couldn't do it without you. That is thank, very thank much you. the truth. This has all been very emotional. Oh, do you, you feel a bit emotional? Come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, Phil's little speech was a bit emotional. Was it actually? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It's me. Who, who but, knew that feelings ran so high at the Super well it's, it's too emotionally charged now. Oh, Let's move on. In fact, I feel I need to say in the intro here, I have to thank BBC Oxford enormously for deciding to take me on every week as, as the film critic because I didn't know that that would ever happen. They didn't expect it to. And it's an incredible reward for everything that we've done. Uh, and it just feels great. So a huge thanks to uh, Howard, who's the DJ there, and my producer as well. They both stick with me. It's great. So thank you. Oh, well, and think- I would just like to say at this moment, a really big thank you to Laurie for asking me to marry him, <laughs> without which I would never be part of this dream. Now that's your, now you're just spoiling it. <laughs> that's very sarcastic. I was going to say, I no. think this... <laughs> I think this is the point where the Oscar music would definitely be playing. So, like, get, get on with you, it, move you on. The one who gave the emotional I know, speech. I, I was trying to spring, oh, spring look, on you and then move wrong on. Now, isn't it? Okay. Okay. Well, thanks for having me. You're very welcome and thank you again. Right. Oh, and I should say, uh, we're about to cue a jingle, but on this particular show, we're going to use some of the jingles that are normally backgrounds. So, they're going to be slightly longer. Stay, stay tuned because the content is actually coming. But yeah, extra long jingles in this show. Basically, Laurie felt like his jingles weren't getting the full appreciation that he deserved. And they're good jingles, so have fun and listen. Sound worse than yeah. yeah. Mm. Right, off we go. Hi, 
well, let's get, this sounds wrong, but let's get the reviews out of the way, yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry it's so late, listeners. Um, it's been a tough week. I feel I should say that as well. I've been sick. We thought our car was stolen. I, it's been tough, hasn't it, Phil? It's been an emotional roller coaster ride. Yeah, so I'm sorry if you're feeling sad that this is coming out so much later than usual. But it does also mean that we can talk about one of the films that is technically out right now anyway. So shall I start with The Disaster Artist? Yes. Here's a little clip from the trailer. Dr. Wright, you and me, we are all the same. Oh yeah, how's, how's that? We both have this dream. That we'll be famous. Yeah, I guess we do. <laughs> You have a malevolent presence. You are a perfect villain. I could see you as Dracula, Frankenstein. I'm not Frankenstein. I'm hero. I give them job, I give them salary. I'll just spend $5 million on this movie, Greg. Five, are you kidding me? $5 million? And they are not grateful. Nobody respects my vision. I do this whole movie for you, Greg. Have you seen The Room, Phil? No, I've been meaning to watch it. It's a cult classic. It's meant to be one of the worst, the best worst movies ever made. That's the tagline that follows it around. Yeah, James Franco directs this as well as stars in it as Tommy Wiseau and his brother Dave Franco stars as Greg Sestero. Now, this is based on a real story and the source is the book The Disaster Artist written by Greg Sestero, who is Mark in the room oh hi Mark oh hi Mark yeah he's the guy and it's how they knew each other first as sort of friends and then roommates and then actors together and how the production came to be and in particular how chaotic and challenging and demanding it is and what an obscure and odd character Tommy Wiseau is and the film has certainly made it colourful and cheerful in a way that the book doesn't appear to the more I've read about the real stories and the real people it actually sounds like kind of messed up, actually. A and bit of nightmarish. Well, not, yeah, and really a lot of bad experiences for real people. And so it's an interesting project for the Francos to have taken on. Seth Rogen's in there as well. There's a lot of sort of celebrity cameos. I mean, Zac Efron's in there, for example. You'll enjoy it, you'll laugh, but I, it's, it's just interesting to me. A lot of the people who came out of the cinema, I had to get Vox Pots for them for the radio. They all said how much they love Tommy Wiseau. He's my hero. He's one of these creative guys who just never gave up. And I think the film really sells that, but it doesn't really sound like the truth. And honestly, I found the whole thing a bit sad and uh, a bit sort of conflicting, and I really didn't know how to feel. Plus points-wise, I think James Franco directs really well. I, I didn't know kind of how good a director he was. I've not really seen many of his other projects, but he manages to make it work. It feels very snappy and sharp, and the way that things are shot give you an emotional tone as well as the details of the scenes and everything else. So it works. I think his performance is really fascinating. It's not, you know, exact to Tommy Wiseau, and they do something weird at the end where they play scenes side by side to showcase his performance and actually they're just not that close I think it works much better <laughs> yeah it's, it's a weird what thing is to if do. you have the record the br- br- brief recollection in your head and then you manage to it's yeah exactly it's more of a sort of it's like homage. an expression yeah and he does it very very well and like really genuinely quite impressive some people say Oscar buzz I don't think so it's not that sort of performance it's it's more like a uh Jack a pastiche or a caricature yeah exactly than anything else I didn't think Dave Franco was very good And for an odd reason this time, apparently these two have resisted working together that often because they don't want to sort of get pigeonholed like that or seem like they're riding on each other's coattails or anything like that. But in this case, I don't really know why they gave that up because Dave Franco is not right for the part. Greg Sestero is like a supermodel and has kind of got a charisma and an innocence to him, none of which I think Dave Franco has. He comes across as... uh, I don't even know. How would you describe him, Phil? Well, I think... 
the difficulty is he's got James Franco, who's the big movie star, and then his him, and he's managed to do quite well, I think, in his career. Um, but he is kind of like a, a slightly weedier looking yeah, he's version smaller. of James Van- Franco. He's got less screen presence. And so when he's got like the curly uh, blondie mop that Greg Sestero has and the beard, I just thought this is really weird. It's a really, he doesn't, I don't think he works at all. And the film gives him a lot of screen time. So I think he was slightly miscast. Strange choice. I find it, the impression I got was it as a sort of indulgence. The whole thing seems a bit of an indulgence. Yeah, they obviously love it and they feel very warmly towards it, which maybe then explains why it's been adapted this way to paint tommy and greg as more like friends with a difficult relationship as opposed to something that was kind of toxic and manipulative which is how the reality sounds Mm. the more you look into it so listeners i'm i've got mixed feelings from me i certainly laughed throughout the film but it was the kind of laughter where i thought oh it's a bit uncomfortable as well given that this is a real thing for me it gets a b i think there you go. That's the disaster artist. If you want to email in and give Laurie plus ones or minus ones, he definitely needs the minus ones. Yeah. Uh, you can reach us superbabybrace at gmail.com or you can tweet us at superbabybrace. Nice. Shall I keep going? Yes. Blade of the Immortal. <laughs> wow. Yeah, right. So this is Takashi Miike. Have you heard of him, Phil? Uh, Rings the bell. He is one of these Japanese filmmakers who's very, very well known. This is his hundredth feature since like 1991, which is ridiculous. How does a man make a hundred films? Uh, in 20 years I, it's crazy man the guy's prolific in the extreme he recently described himself as being more uh, calm and at home behind the camera in the chaos of production than you know having free time he's one of these, he just has to work apparently and he's sort of made amazing b-movies he did itchy the killer have you heard of that one quite famous no um too like super controversial all over the world for violent scenes and he's someone who is known for pushing the boundaries in a variety of directions and my own characterization of him is that he's like an incredibly high budget B movie filmmaker. So okay. it's quite a high concept, quite simple, but production is intense. They're quite long. They're taken very seriously. He even um, directed the Phoenix Wright adaptation I told you about. The Japanese, Did he really? Yeah, the Japanese version of that. So Blade of the Immortal is an adaptation of a Japanese comic book in which a samurai, uh, he's sort of been on the wrong side of the law for doing something noble. And while he's on the run, he kills a police constable who he learns is actually his sister's husband. She sees it happen and she goes sort of mad. And so he feels it's his responsibility to look after her. And as they're doing that and going around together, she gets killed by a gang of bandits. And he feels very responsible for that. So he goes on an insane rampage and revenges and takes out something like 100 bandits all in one go, only to then start to bleed to death at the end of this. But because of that weird feat of heroism and the noble character in him, a magical nun sees it. Oh, I thought I, oh, this is this the intro. This? I thought I, I thought this is you telling me the whole plot of the movie. Oh, is this just the intro? You're making fun of me right now. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, it's just the intro. Trust me. Uh, Gosh, okay, carry on. <laughs> I thought I, this is taking a way way different turn. Okay, sorry, man. Well, and the nun saves him from dying by infusing blood worms into his system that knit him back together. So he gets wounded, but it always heals. Who does that sound like? 
Wolverine. Exactly. So it really is comic booky. The difference in this case is that, you know, after this point, he then becomes a wandering guy who can never die and is very bitter. And he just does loads of bloody action, basically. The entire rest of the film is him tracking down people, fighting, slashing, getting really beaten up because he sort of gets lazy with his skills because he can't die. So he's not actually that good anymore, but he still wins his fights because he can't die. And it's all centres around him trying to help another young girl who reminds him of his sister, whose father has been killed because he is the head of a dojo, a fighting dojo. And there's this other dojo which is going around and defeating all the other fighting dojos to be number one in the region. You get it. It's, you're rolling your eyes because it is. That's what I mean. It's like a B-movie. So she enlists his help and he goes and tries to help her. It's got echoes of True Grit. It's got echoes of Logan. But it's all encased in this uh, sort of ultra-violent uh, feudal Japan setting. So... I thought it was overly long. I thought some of the action was kind of... It was actually quite compelling to watch because it was very hack and slash and very not glamorous. The choreography wasn't very impressive. And I don't know that I enjoyed it very much because its defining trait is relentless bloodletting, basically. Does it all just become a bit too much and you kind of get exhausted from all the the fighting? It kind of loses its impact. It's just... It's quite long. And the plot itself, you know splinters towards the end and it's very hard to figure out who you're supposed to sympathize with and i think it's better than probably better than i'm making it sound and there'll be some people listening who just love that stuff anyway and if you are interested in that kind of samurai flick you'll probably really have a good time there's nothing about it i found offensive or kind of boring or poorly made everything is right but it's not exceptional certainly so for me uh, yeah i'd give the film uh, a b minus i think Blade of the Immortal gets a B minus. Yeah, I feel like that should be a B, but honestly, I enjoyed it less than The Disaster Artist, so there you go. There you go. That's the films for this week. Well, is it, Laurie? Well, it's Bingo the King of the Mornings, but I feel like we should come back to that after I've done the interview with the director. Okay, we'll save that then. So they felt a bit too short, Phil, almost a bit dismissive. Do you think they were too short? I think that's fine. It is the 100th show. Sorry, listen. So I thought I wanted to get those done. Otherwise, they just wouldn't get done at all. Exactly. So in some ways, you're not dismissing them when you could really dismiss that's them. That's true. I could not have brought them up. Yeah, well said, Phil. That's right. Okay. Mm. All right, let's move on. Hey, Laurie, I reckon probably what we should do next then is one of our little compilations. Maybe we could do some bloopers or something like no, that. No, that's such a silly idea, Phil. I, can't I be... think, I think no, this you're is so what I hear wrong. that. You're so wrong about that. I mean, I can't believe how wrong you are right now. Oh, typical Laurie. Always argue with me. Always arguing, you say? Ooh, <laughs> maybe. Do I smell a compilation? <laughs> no. No, you see, now that's where you're wrong. Because, no. No, it would have been good if it had no. a gritty edge to it. Well, I state my claim to that. <laughs> you don't know anything about this film. I disagree. I'm right, you're wrong. Sorry, have you ever wondered what it'd be like to be utterly beautiful? What do you mean, have I ever wondered? <laughs> well, clearly you're not utterly beautiful. No offence. Well, sorry, no, what, what, do you, what do you mean, Phil? As in, like, movie star beautiful. Yeah, why, what do, what do you mean? <laughs> I don't have to wonder. As in, <laughs> well, okay, what's it like then, Laurie, being utterly beautiful? That's quite ordinary for me, to be honest, yeah. Right, okay. You never just go with what I'm saying I was you? going with it. <laughs> I was supposed to make a joke out of this. Do you want me, let's rewind that. Go ask again. Have you ever wondered what it'd be like to be utterly beautiful, though? Yeah, all the time, every day. I don't get you, man. You're crazy. What You're are you crazy. About? You don't make no sense whatsoever. That is, that is fantastic. I love <laughs> these rubbish movies. Come on, you must have some kind of talent. Well, the only thing I can think of is got like a double jointed thumb. Yeah, thing. that's no good. <laughs> Just going to get you on, uh, get you in front of the quarters of the Queen's variety performance. Yeah, thing. like it's nothing. What do you think I'm going to say? 
I think you're going to say I'm right um, because your personal pride is getting in the way of your ability to see clearly. There you go. Now I've prejudiced your entire review. <laughs> Thanks very much. That's Cheers, right. It's so abstract, so wonderfully uh, vague that you can make up any point Stop you want to. making fun of me and everyone who likes the film. I'm, I'm... See, so, that's, that's a sign. Here's, here's a little tip, listeners. When Laurie uh, argues against the argument, that's when you know you've kind of made ground. Oh, because right, really? Laurie's like, oh, panic. I'll just undercut everything. I'll that's, go for the legs. Go very, for the legs. What a very rude thing to say. You started literally attacking me. <laughs> also stars Electra from Deadpool. No, it doesn't. It does. No, it doesn't. It does. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it does. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. It's a good job of recording this. I'm enjoying it. And if people can listen to the behind the scenes. It's Electra from the Daredevil series. Oh, from, yeah, but you didn't say that. You said I that, said Electra from Daredevil. Jennifer what did I not say, Laurie? Uh, <laughs> chef's not. funnier as well. No, it's not. Laurie, oh, you're winding me up like, like nothing I'm else. Listeners, I'm going to throw Phil the Justice League popcorn that I didn't eat uh, at the screening I went to. Eat some of that and see if it'll cheer you up, man, because... Uh, what do you mean? Miserable. I just want to see whether the Justice League popcorn turns you around to uh, to the joy of the film. Good tasty popcorn. Yep. It's very sweet and salty. Mm. Do you feel better about the film? Um, no, I think ultimately... <laughs> Laurie's basically in his speedos. Thanks for that, Phil. Now I can't say I'm not because the image is already out there for the <laughs> listeners. That's the magic of audio. Mm. But it's not true. After that bit of silliness, listeners, I've actually got something really serious and brilliant to do. I've got my <laughs> interview with Daniel Rosende, director of Bingo, The King of the Mornings, and he was also Oscar-nominated as the editor for City of God. This is his directorial debut, and Bingo was selected by Brazil to be their entry for Best Foreign Film at the Oscars. And Bingo was its name. Oh, Nicely done, Phil. I didn't even think of that once. You should be doing this stuff. <laughs> oh. uh, it's a really interesting film, listeners. I thought it is very vivid. It's intense. It's very colourful. It's about... Uh, the phenomenon of Bozo the Clown, but having to be called Bingo for licensing reasons. One that we're not that familiar with in America. He's huge. He was on screen for decades and number one in the ratings. Is all he a bit like Mr. Blobby, but for America? Well, he's more like Krusty the Clown. <laughs> Genuinely, is that I what Krusty the Clown sure is based Krusty, on? I'm sure Krusty the Clown is based on Bozo, but he was a real kid's favourite. And in Brazil, the creator moved, to, uh, went to Brazil and started Bingo over, uh, Bozo over there. And I think in a few other territories as well. And he was big for children in Brazil who grew up during the 80s that was something that was really familiar with them and Daniel Rosende read an article about one of the real people who played the clown and he thought the guy had such an interesting life that was so different from his public persona um, that he just wanted to make a film out of it and the sort of key element is that part of his contract is that he's not able to say that he is bingo because the aura of mystique needs to be maintained so he's you know number one on tv winning awards but he can't tell anyone that it's him and his son can't tell anyone that his dad is bingo the clown because of the way that the contract is written and then you know there's drugs there's all kinds of things that go on in this guy's life and it's all based on real events i found it really you know engaging and entrancing and it was certainly played fast and loose with some conventions that we might be used to broadly i enjoyed it a lot but let's hear the interview can i ask what drew you to this particular project I was looking for a project to be, you know, my my directorial debut. And I read an article in a magazine about the life of this guy, the real guy, Arlindo Barreto. And I saw there all the elements I was looking for to tell a story, which is like Brazilian pop culture. Uh, go back to the 80s, which is the decade where I grew up as a kid. And also a father and son story. So it had all the elements I was looking for. Uh, very entertaining, but at the same time it had layers and and it could go to a dark path into the human being. 
Oh, wonderful. And I'd love to come back to that in a minute. My next a big question for you is one of my favourite scenes in the film is when the uh, slightly stuffy director, Peter Olsen, who I assume is vaguely based on Larry Harmon, and they're very dismissively, he and the director, getting rid of all these clowns coming into audition for Bingo. And he's adamant, no, I must have a perfect Bingo. And then, of course, Vladimir Brista brings up his character, Augusto Mendes, and he blows them away, but in a sneaky way, by manipulating the fact that this producer cannot speak the language and so he's incredibly rude and makes the cast crack up and he wins the part it's a wonderful scene but it did have me thinking did you have to do something similar to find your bingo in vladimir well the movie at the beginning the movie was attached to be done by wagner mora which is nowadays one of the you know the most famous brazilian actors but he couldn't do it because of narcos and because of his schedule so I had to find a, another actor who played this character, which was a very difficult character to play because a very complex uh, character. Uh, but Vladimir and Wagner, they were close friends. And Wagner was the one who recommended me to, you know, make the movie with Vladimir. So I, I sent the script to Vladimir and then we met one day for lunch. And then the first thing he said was, uh, that's the character I've been waiting for in my life and I want to do it and I will do the best performance that you were expecting for and I saw in his eyes I saw Augusto there you know this megalomaniac guy who wants to win and he wants to do everything uh, the best way he can do and it was an amazing experience because it's hard to find an actor who can give himself so much into a project and Vladimir Brista, he just delivered an amazing, outstanding performance. I admit his intensity and energy even reminded me, in, even his physicality actually reminded me somewhat of Christian Bale. And it did make me think if we ever did a version for the American Bozo, he would be my pick now based on Vladimir's performance. I so, think he would be really happy to hear that. <laughs> I'll tell him. Well, there you go. Yeah, please do. Please do. Now, I do really want to know, and many of our listeners will want to know, how did the editor who was nominated for the Academy Award for Editing in the City of God, how did you find the transition from editing through to direction? Were you tempted to get right into the editing suite? Well, it was funny because I made this choice of leaving the chair in a very comfortable, you know, dark room with air conditioning. I could be a co-author of a movie, but not have the whole responsibility but I left that room, very comfortable room, to sit in this other chair in a set, usually very warm, with a lot of people asking you questions, <laughs> and you just have to have all the responsibility in your shoulders. And I knew as an editor, I could curse at the director and say, this guy did not shoot well, <laughs> but now I'm, I, just, I was working and I knew the editor would be cursing at me. Lovely. Uh, not sure if there was a good, <laughs> smart you know, choice, but it was a lot of fun, and it was it was very challenging. And I did decide to have an editor for this movie because I didn't edit myself. Because I thought, uh, as an editor, I could always contribute to the film to give a fresh pair of eyes to the process. And I did not want to lose that as a director. Brilliant. Thank you. Of course, many congratulations to your uh, successful submission uh, to the Academy Awards for Best Foreign Film. We're all rooting for you. Very, very best of luck. Uh, were you surprised that your film was selected? I was really surprised, really surprised. And, of course, I was really happy when uh, I knew that you know, Brazil chose Bingo to represent uh, the country this year. It's not exactly what you expect, Brazilian movie, especially for the international audience. It's more about socioeconomic dramas. 
a very intense movie about our problems. And this movie does not look at that. We actually look into our pop culture. We look into our who we are as as people. You know how we sometimes don't follow the rules exactly, but we found our way, our swang way of like dealing with things. So I thought that was really surprising, but at the same time, I thought that was good because. People are not expecting this kind of movie, and when you're, you know, watching the movie in the international audience, they're usually surprised in a good way. Now, I felt when I was watching this film that it was actually very timely because it really highlights something that is huge in the world right now: this disconnect between the public face and the private, hidden lives, not just of people in the media and celebrities, but also ourselves through social media and the many ways that we interact. And did you feel that this was an important message? Definitely. That's that was one of the reasons why I wanted to make this movie because I liked the fact that we could look to an era, the '80s, where people were politically incorrect, and that wasn't a problem. I'm not saying that that's good, but that's the way we were. You know, we look into the Brazilian TV in the '80s. Some things that were happening there back then you don't see on TV nowadays. But also, it's not only good, I think, for young people today to look into that era and see how different we were, but also the movie is about being validated and being recognized by your art, and that's a very human issue. I mean, we all wanted to be recognized and validated for everything we do, not only professionally, but we want to be validated by our parents, by our friends, by our sons. We want to be recognized by the th- the good things we we do, and nowadays. People want to be validated all the time. The social media nowadays, people are rooting for likes. You don't experience things the way we experienced back then. I mean, we you used to have like a very humanistic uh, point of view that we want to be validated for ourselves. And nowadays, you go to a place, and the first thing you do is to take a picture and share with everybody because your experience is not. It's not enough. It's if it's not validated by everybody else. So we're still dealing with the same problem in a different way. So that's why I think that this movie it's very universal. Of like people will connect to. Augusto's wish for recognition. Now, I don't know whether it will be a surprise to you, Daniel, but you're up against Star Wars with your release date in the UK this year, and I know a lot of people are going to be rushing to go and see Star Wars. But I greatly enjoyed Bingo, and I think cinema audiences will be really missing out in the UK if they don't go and see this. But in your own words, why should people see this instead of Star Wars? Well, I think they can go. Uh, they can go to the movies twice this weekend, maybe. <laughs> Good answer.、Uh, yeah. Well, the thing is, like, it it it, it talks to different audiences. Of course, everybody wants to see Star Wars, and that's something that you don't need to talk about. But even though it's a foreign movie, I think it's a very universal story. So I think people should go to the movies. Just go to see Bingo, and then you can see because it's going to be so crowded this first weekend for <laughs> Star Wars. So just go see Bingo in the first weekend, and you can go to see Star Wars like next day or the next weekend. It's going to be much. You can find tickets. So I think that's a good strategy. Brilliant! I support that. Yes,、uh, Daniel, thank you so much well, for joining us. Thank you, thank you a lot. And then we'll just you know wishing your support to tell people about this movie and then make people to go to see it.
there you go listeners hope you enjoyed that i found it really fascinating and he was a really really nice guy um really great to meet he really played ball with my questions um i enjoyed it for me the film would probably get a b plus i think it's really energetic and vivid and it does carry you along with a sort of nerve-wracking uh tension you feel the stakes that are constantly in play for augusto and vladimir brista is so intense i said in the interview you reminded me of christian bell he really did and he's charismatic uh, while at the same time being an idiot that you really are annoyed about so i i think lots of people would enjoy it and um, definitely worth a watch if you're tired of star wars might need to track it down though no uh, possibly yeah have a look it's not showing in many screens but it's definitely worth it especially if it ends up being you know in contention for best foreign film you could be that guy like oh i saw it but it's the first released exactly Mark. exactly right <laughs> the things that we've done a lot of in the last year phil although they've slightly trailed off uh is intros special intros to the show we eventually sort of ended up just saying what was coming up and i think we got cowed away because we used to do the time machine didn't the we? the time machine which was great fun that was last year that was last year's thing and then we kind of did uh parodies a little bit of parodying yeah and uh, i think we just go with what comes to us at the time that's right and we were going to do i think the reason we stopped doing the themed intros at one point was i was going to do a strictly come dancing one do you remember that? I told you it about it. It was very, very and bad timing. It was the week that Brucey died. And we just thought, you can't do that. Like, no, we could... were going to do it and then we didn't do it for whatever reason. And then we were like, ooh. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, and we were going to do it that week that and week. then we just kind of didn't do it. And so, so therefore... Oh. Um, we were, I was like it would have seemed thanking very the heavens because it would have been the worst time yeah. ever and I think you might have picked up on it or something in time and then yeah, oh, tragedy that would have been bad news but anyway listeners the point is we've done a lot of them and you never know they might come back but I've included I sort of chopped up a few of the better ones and put them together and actually felt I should admit I've spliced in a couple of extra bits as well because some people mentioned it i've done some themed reviews as well <laughs> and so a couple of the things you'll hear are me doing themed reviews but the rest are from our intros so uh, so enjoy hey there and welcome to sbb 2017 your place for film news, for film facts, for film fun as well. I'm delighted as ever to be joined by the always charming Phil Bailey. Phil, how are you doing? What are you doing, Larry? Great to have you on. <laughs> Let me tell you a story, all right? Yeah. I'm, I'm Laurie Sweet. So there's this lad, yeah? Arthur, one of the lads. <laughs> the thing is, his dad might have been a big deal once, but now he's out on the streets with us. <laughs> I love it, it's great. Yeah. Keep going, keep going, Laurie, keep going. And he's not so bad after all, right? That royal blood in his veins didn't do him, him any harm. He's charming, he's loyal, and he knows how to drink a pint. Yeah? <laughs> Come on, I can't keep this up. When, do, when does Jude Law fit in? Yeah, he doesn't sound like that, thankfully. Can I just do the thing normally? <laughs> Why don't we see what it would be like if we had scripted the introduction to the show? Are you up for that, film? Do I have a script? I've got one right here for you. Have so, you actually? Yeah, here we go, here we go. Just rustle it, Phil, to prove that it is a real script. Oh, listen to that. It's actually printed on cardboard. That's all I've yeah, got in the house. And I apologise. I like the font. You've gone for a scripty it's, font. It's Korea new, Phil. Oh, very, very precise. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So, listeners, this is what it would be like. <laughs> this is how you know if we actually scripted it. So, yeah. <laughs> Join again. Wow, Laurie, what a good idea. Now I sound polished and professional. Right on, Phil. So, what are the films we're reviewing today? Well, you see Transformers The Last Night, fifth in the series with Michael Bay back to direct, and Rock Dog, right? Yeah. 
Yes. What have you watched? Lazy Bones. We're a man chillax. I see gifted with Chris Evans. Is that you all? Actually Stop, laughing. Stop laughing. I can't believe you actually scripted this. We are covering some movie news for a change with the simply outrageous stories of Daniel Day-Lewis's retirement from acting and Disney firing directors Phil Lord and Chris Miller from the Star Wars Han Solo film. Goodness, it sounds like Disney's in for a galaxy of trouble there, Phil. Ha 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 Laurie. I hope you're paying rental on that. On what? The direct line you've got to my funny face. <laughs> Yeah, Phil, my man. Hey, what's up, dude? Hello? What, what, what was your name, stranger? I'm still Laurie, man. I'm just in this film. <laughs> yeah, it's all about reviewing the films. It's about getting the emails. And it's looking dope doing it. Am I right, man? Yeah? Um, yeah, I can totally see that. What's this film Whoa, about? Johnny, <laughs> turn up the heat, my brother. Now hold your horses there, because I need to introduce you to my partner in crime, my fellow producer, presenter. Phil Baby, Phil, come on stage now. Hello. Oh, he's, he's never off camera, guys, never off camera. Phil, that's so offended now, thanks. Now, you might be thinking, why is this guy putting on a rubbish American accent to, to deliver his TED talk? Well, A, that's what everyone does at TED, right? There's a format, there's a structure, and uh, we're going to introduce the Super Baby Bro Show, episode 32 of season 2, in this format. And now, just one moment. I want you to listen. Listen carefully. Can you hear that? What is it, Laurie? Can you hear that? That is the sound of ingenuity. That is the sound of your future. You just need to reach out and grasp it. And I want you to picture how much bigger the world could be if only everyone could grasp that ingenuity. Can you do that for me? Okay, I, heard, I can see you at the back. You're doing it. Way to go. Okay, right, let's get on the show. Turn that back up, yo! Woohoo! Hey, 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 hey! That's the wrong CD, man. No, I told you never play that CD. Never stay. Yeah, that's more like it. All you Radio 1 commissioning editors out there, check this. Hey, and welcome back to the Super Betty Bros in Movie Land podcast. <laughs> it's great to have you alongside with us. Phil, we're having a great time in the studio today, aren't we? I can't believe how great it is to have the guests coming on the show later. It's going to be great. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. And we've got some more top tens for you coming up later. And also, we're going to be chatting to Barbara about the coolest festival gear this summer. Thanks for all those who tweeting about Stormzy. He's got a great new track out. Check it out right now. Yeah. But on to the business of the show this week. We are going to talk about <laughs> movies. Who doesn't love a bit? Turn down the twang. Turn down the twang. I can't. It's all about twang. You've got to be regional. For okay, okay, okay. Hey, Matt Brody. Matt Brody, yes, absolutely. And we still don't, don't give, give a f- flying hoot about your swimming achievements. Right here he is, the uh, young man from uh, the British Isles. It's at this point in the season. Oh, oh, the flip's gone sideways. Oh, and a terrible belly flop. Well, not a surprise in retrospect. Okay, thanks very much. That's so mean. You didn't say you were going to do that. Howdy. Hey, I'm here to track down a fella by the name of Red... Justice. <laughs> Justice. And uh, he may not be a God-fearing man, but he will be by the morning. That kind of thing. Yeah, very cool. Very dusky and... Did that sound good? Sun-scorched. Phil, what have you been to see this week, man? I've been to see the new Emoji movie. Can you believe it? They've done an Emoji movie. Oh, safe, mate. I can't believe that. What's your favourite emoji? Oh, uh, definitely 100. What? The 100 emoji. That's not a thing, That's a it? thing of 100. Okay, yeah, right, the 100 emoji. I mean, can, it, can you judge me if I say my favourite is the poo one, Phil? Oh. That's what we're all thinking, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, okay, great stuff. We're looking forward to hearing that later. Thanks, man. 
yeah, what's, yeah, yeah. what's the grade, Laurie? Well, Phil, how can you give this film anything but a C? <laughs> uh, I think this film <laughs> deserves uh, a C. Is that everything, Laurie? Well, there's a question. Is it everything or is it the beginning? Uh, I think it is the beginning of the show, yeah. Dear four in the tent, Kitty is still outside and refuses to put her clothes on after last night's naked bake off. <laughs> Well, we're gonna be what talking about what we've been watching. I gotta stop you there. I gotta stop you there. We gotta play the Radio One sweeper. We'll be back straight after this thing. Super baby brothers, brothers, brothers. You honestly look like a cake. I can't believe you said that last week. Hey, stop that man! Get me an ice cream. Want to play Uno? Radio One, possibly. Later on, we caught Sam Mendes on why he feels it might be a wrench for the next Bond director to leave Judy Dench on the bench. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Um, can we do the uh, the regular stuff, you know, where we just do the movie reviews? And... <laughs> That's right, Phil. And we've also got historian Fanny Price coming in to take a look at what may be the original motion picture discovered in the caves of South America. As I rode off that morning, the dusky sunset... I left behind my hopes, my fears, but also my trouble. A free man, a new man, is that what was waiting for me beyond the horizon? Come on, uh, that's pretty good. I mean, it's, it's very literary, but does it lead us on to the next part of the show? You here! Phil, give us an email song then. Come oh, no. on. I always forget about this stupid part of the show that I've somehow made into my own little bit. Well, would it ease your burden if we gave a mini compilation of your email songs instead? <laughs> sort of, because I wouldn't have to do one right now. Let's do that. And I'll probably regret it as I listen back, but there you go. Here you go, listeners. Feast your ears on this. Emailies, emails, emails. E M A I L S, emails. Emails in the middle of the show. Oh, man. Emails from females and maybe some males. Yeah. Wow, sir. <laughs> okay. Emails, emails, emails from the listeners, listeners. This is how we do it. We do a song at the beginning. I don't know whether you're going for sort of classical beauty there, Phil, but that's just creepy, man. Slay me is emails backwards. Slay me is emails backwards. I suppose it is, actually. Mails of the E. Emails coming at you now electronically. This is my song for this week's email song. Here we go, Laurie. Shall we do the emails? I think I should write some guidelines on these. <laughs> I love them, Phil. And obviously the listeners do too, because uh, that was one of the things that got requested for the 100th episode. I don't know why. I'm so sorry. No, brilliant. Listeners, thank you so much uh, for being in touch all year. <laughs> We've really, really valued uh, all of your input, your encouragement, your minus ones, your random thoughts that just pop into your head. It really makes the show what it is for us, doesn't it? Big or small, we love them all. True story. They were fantastic. Indeed. So let's do uh, a few of your emails. And I should say thank you to those of you who've been in touch just to say congratulations on reaching 100 episodes. Well, I'm genuinely really chuffed of that. 
because I think uh, it's the sort of thing which not many people get to. Yes, I think you're right. Some people give up. We stuck at it, man. I think we've been consistent and it's been fun. Uh, There's an email specifically on this theme. I'll just read a couple of these things out. They're very self-congratulatory, but we know we didn't write them. (laughs) I'm going to do that really quickly at the top before doing some more standard emails from the cans. Congratulations. 100 not out. Congratulations. Do I need to explain that? Yeah, I think you should. Do the little sound clip. Oh, yeah, of course. I still got it. Here we go. Congratulations. (laughs) That is John Fashionu off Gladiators saying congratulations on a live broadcast. Uh, They carry on. We think we've listened to every episode and every bonus and it has enriched our conversational pleasure aka arguing (laughs) when discussing (laughs) films same as us then Uh, we've written many virtual emails to challenge your opinions or suggest other obscure tributaries to the great river tangent what oh wow (laughs) this is the thing man our listeners should be doing the show what they come out with great ideas than we are the great river tangent i support that uh you're just as cheering to listen to when ranting or saying you're not feeling great as when you're on top form and lots of long journey to be much less boring as a result I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, thanks so much for saying that. We feel the pain of Phil's pressure to produce musical email intros and Laurie's super sensitive antennae for picking up cynical marketing or money grabbing ploys. <laughs> I like to think I've eased off on that a little bit. You slightly bit. have, actually. I think you, because you've got away from it a bit more, you're enjoying life a bit more. Uh, yeah, it feels that way, certainly. Um, Just well, wait until the sp- Star Wars review. I know, I know. Thanks, Super Betty Bros, and all your guests. And of course, thanks to your no doubt long suffering families and friends who let you take the time to work at entertaining your listeners. Well, Judith, yeah, I might, the thanks have definitely passed on to her. And to Ellie, thank you very much. Uh, may you go far with your talents, the Khans. Thank you so much. Um, thank you. That's very representative of a lot of comments we've had, so I hope you won't mind us reading out that one. Okay, on to some other emails. Cal got in touch. Email titled Brain Dump. <laughs> okay. Been thinking about a few things for a while. Have either of you seen this meme doing the rounds? See attached. And Phil, I should describe it to you. It's watch one movie a week every week starting January 2018 and you'll be done the week Infinity War drops. And it is a big list of all the Marvel films to date. Oh, I haven't come across that at all. Uh, Well, there's your answer. Have either of you seen it? I hadn't until you'd shown it to me, Cal. And he says, how about what we've been watching every week of the Marvel Cinematic Universe up to Avengers Infinity War? Uh, that is a tricky challenge and one that I might be willing to do. Well, we've already done quite a lot of them in the last in the series of podcasts so far. Because we've done two years, that's two years of Marvel movies that we've yeah. already covered. But I'm up for watching them again and kind of going through them in sequence. Yeah, I don't mind making it quite a speedy feature because <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind doing it. But I, you know, they're not necessarily my favourite films to watch. But certainly, I'm happy to do it if that's what the fans want. Phil, it's a ridiculous <laughs> thing to say. Uh, Cal, good idea. I think we'll probably make it work, shall we? Yeah, I'll try. I'll probably we'll do forget, our best from January. The other thing I wanted to talk about is you had a listener called James T. Call in last week, well, email in technically. Wouldn't it be weird if we took calls <laughs> uh, saying they didn't understand the acclaim or hype about Leon? And he goes on to say that that pronunciation is in fact correct with the accent Leon. And this is how he is referred to in the film by Danny Aelio. I have to respectfully disagree with James on everything else, however. James T said he didn't really like it, instantly listeners. Are we Leon, facilitating oh, on, squabbling on, now on, between on, listeners? What, what's on, happened? On, Normally on, they argue with us. Let him finish. Leon stands as one of my top five films of all time as a brilliant nuanced performance by Jean Reno and an excellent turn by Gary Oldman 
Part of the problem with the cinematic release is the additional footage that was cut that delves into Matilda's and Leon's relationship, which gives a lot of context for his uncomfortableness of being around her. I would even go so far as to say part of the opening scene from the film I would nominate for one of your Picture Perfect segments. The tension build up all the way to the point where Leon appears out of the shadows to deliver a warning and then disappears just as quickly, I think is one of the most narratively brilliant scenes ever shot. The lighting and music all lend towards building a character who is ruthless and efficient. Uh, and that's all he has to say on Leon. He's got something else to say, but Phil, I sense you're wanting to jump in. It's actually, I'm not. I'm quite happy. I'm just listening in. <laughs> really? Yeah, genuinely. That's a really nice thing. I put. suppose it wasn't really directed at us, was it? No, it was, it was directed James at James T. T. So there you go. Listen up, James T. Yeah, I mean, James, it will be weird if we become the middleman between a uh, sort of... <laughs> sort of a weird sort of family dispute off. thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I think... Like I said, I found Leon quite uncomfortable in various ways, but you can't deny it's a well-put-together film. It's got a weird charisma and nervousness to it that is quite compelling, isn't it? Mm. And James Renault. Is it James Renault? What's John his name? Renault. John Renault. Yeah, he's very good, in it? Yeah, he carries on. One last thing I wanted to ask you both is your view on the re-release of films in 4K. Do either or both of you have the ability or equipment to watch 4K? As a prolific streamer, I shied away from owning and collecting physical media for years. Having just upgraded our home setup with a big TV and a One X, is that an Xbox One X? I think it is. Watching some movies in 4K has felt almost like seeing them again for the first time. Point, in fact, is having watched La La Land on HBO and then a few weeks later watching it in 4K, the colours really jumped out and I felt a sense of enjoyment I didn't have the first time round. So your thoughts? Placebo effect or new cinematic experience? Apologies for the long email. No apology necessary. Thank you. Uh, that's a really interesting angle, which I haven't really thought about. Um, I've just been too poor to really enjoy the top quality entertainment <laughs> systems that I'd like to be able to get. I've been, I'm still on DVDs, man. I've been thinking I might ask for Christmas for a Blu-ray player because I want to get in on that action and enjoy these films that look spectacular. I've seen a few things in Blu-ray. I've got Zoolander 2 on Blu-ray for Christmas <laughs> last year. And, you know, the film didn't live up to its resolution. I'll put it that way. But I admit, I didn't notice a, a huge difference. Did you not? Uh, Is no. that your TV, though? I, possibly it is. I don't know. It becomes quite difficult, Cal, at a certain point, because especially in my case, because and this is going to sound really pretentious. I promise it isn't. It's just a reality at the moment. Almost all the films I see, I see on a big screen now because I have to go to screenings all the time and they would never put it on the TV, would they? So <laughs> I don't I just have stopped really thinking about it. But you'll note that La La Land felt like seeing it again for the first time. That is, you know, really intriguing to me. And I'm always impressed by those displays in John Lewis or whatever. I love walking past those bits. I remember really enjoying seeing Quentin Tarantino displayed on a big screen for the Ultimate Picture Palace thing. Do you remember that? Oh, yes, yeah. That was a, a marvel, having it projected rather than watching it on a DVD. And so anything which is going to make it seem more... An event, an right? event, yeah, I think is is in the film's favour, definitely. The I only would... thing that was having it in your home, it just lessens after a while, diminishing, isn't it? Well, the thing is, I was thinking about watching a VHS again, and I remember having to do that. Where I was desperately wanting to watch The Fellowship of the Ring, uh, one time when we were back at our parents, I, I think couldn't I joined find you it. For this. It was I couldn't find a, the DVD for it, so we the only thing we had was the VHS, and so we whipped that out and put it in, and it was just atrocious. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> the music like fluctuates like you wouldn't believe, and the picture was so fuzzy. It was like watching it through like uh, a Gaussian blur on Photoshop. Yeah, or something. terrible, terrible. But you know, DVDs do hold up well because a lot of the players can upscale, as can the TVs themselves. That's true, but I think eventually we'll get to the point where you'll look back at DVDs and think, oh. Yeah, well, there we go, Cal. So we haven't really experienced it, but we shall let you know uh, when we get to. 
Esther has continued with some of her super short film reviews that begin with a yes or a no, very simply, I love that. And she goes, my cousin Rachel, mostly yes. I haven't read the book, but would like to now, but suspect that the start of the film wasn't as subtle as the book would have been. However, I enjoyed the look and feel, and the end really brought it home for me, somewhat put off by the main guy's weird, muscly shoulder-neck bit. <laughs> so, that, she's um, actually written shoulder-slash-neck bit. Is he the guy from The Hunger Games? What's he called again? I've forgotten his name. It's flown The one in, in their head. finest as well, Finn isn't it? Finn Whitlock. No, what's he called? Uh... <laughs> I can't remember his name. Stupid British hunk man. He's. I liked him in it. He's very good. He's the guy who said it was wrapped around my chips. Uh, <laughs> he's sort of super posh. Can you um, find that clip again? <laughs> <laughs> I think the clip wasn't as good as I remembered it, but I like saying it anyway. Uh, well, I'm glad you enjoyed it on the whole. And yeah, I agree. I think the book would be fascinating. Uh, Baby Driver film. Just got oh, yeah. Ready? Mostly. No. Oh. Overall, I thought this movie was kind of dumb. Car chases were fun-ish and didn't mind Baby, but thought Lily was not good. Her conversation with Baby in the diner was lame, and I don't know why she went with him. Yeah, I think she's the weakest part of that whole movie, and I kind of don't really get what what she was there for, other than to be kind of a classic guy wants She was the wish girl. fulfillment, wasn't she, really? Yeah, I think it would have been much more powerful if it had just been a baby and his granddad, and that was the main drive. Yeah, and I have to say, I think she really did, she really committed to the script she was given, but I, I think she was miscast, and I don't, I don't think that's her fault. I think she did everything she could with the material. I think she just looks a bit too British. I know that sounds really weird, but am I allowed to say that? Yeah, I mean, you are. I, I don't agree, but there we are. <laughs> okay. Uh, she carries on with that. A couple of odd things that often happen in movies, including this one, but not in real life. What's with people in movies standing way too close to each other when they chat, particularly potential love interests? I've got an immediate answer uh, for you on this one, Esther. And it's interesting because you might be seeing things that other people are not. Because I remember when I did some filming and help with the filming for a sort of advert that I was involved in for marketing, one of the key things they said was you've got to stand really close. You have to stand really close together because on camera... That is how it works. And you have to stand artificially close. Um, so that is something that happens time and time and time again. Just look out for it on TV and, in, and on films. If In real life, no one stands that close. But it's done because for whatever reason, it, it works on camera. Right. Yeah, and it, it probably works better in the set. And It's like, just else. think of that family photo when you say, oh, get, squeeze in more, squeeze in more. Yeah, that's what of Except thing. it's more of a selfie now, isn't it? You sound like such an old man when you Sorry, sorry uh, Number two, she says Romantic camera circling around a couple shots Wouldn't that be weird in real life? Someone running around and around you Whilst you try to case lovingly at someone else? There's a really funny uh, behind Me? the scenes of Oh no sh- No, behind the scenes shot Of the, you know the twirly scene in the Titanic? You get oh, to yes. see um, <laughs> them twirl the cameraman guy <laughs> Like it's a really odd one So like they're twirling But the cameraman is just there Because you know they do that POV yes, yeah, Shots yeah, yeah. of each other And you've got Leonardo going Oh I love you ah! <laughs> And it just in Filming that must have been really bizarre So yeah I agree A lot of it's like magic tricks isn't it The, the actual way that the shot's constructed it would be really weird to see and it's overly complicated and it looks very clunky but the result really does the job and that's just what it is to be a pro I guess in the industry there you go thank you very much Esther and Nicholas two years in review he says here we go this is the one specifically for this episode film hi bro one and bro two thank you for your little Patreon jingle you're very welcome <laughs> it was completely ridiculous and hilarious but so you and exactly what I expected. It was brilliant. Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm so glad <laughs> you really, say that. You're really glad, aren't you? <laughs> really, really glad. Did I, did I say this at the time, Phil? But when I recorded the vocals for that jingle, Nicholas, because I wasn't recording it as part of our actual record, I was just doing it, you know, in in, uh, in my home. And my father-in-law and brother-in-law were right behind me because they were <laughs> staying visiting, with us. They were visiting, were they? Yeah. And, you know, so when you hear me go, supporting us on Patreon, just 
imagine me doing that <laughs> in front of your in in-laws. In front of my in-laws. <laughs> That's dedication. And, uh, hopefully, that'll give you more, even more enjoyment. <laughs> Uh, he says, I can't wait to hear your next show. That's this show. Not only to hear about Stronger with Jake Gyllenhaal, one of my favourite actors. I can't believe he's never been nominated for Best Actor, but particularly about the 100th show celebration. Congratulations again. Well, Stronger, Nicholas, was actually seen by a different Bailey bro. I sent him to a screening in London because I couldn't <laughs> You attend. sent him like a general. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. You can go, I can go. And there's a Q&A with Jake Gyllenhaal there. So not only did he see the film and give his thoughts on it, he also was involved in the Q&A with Jake Gyllenhaal but he's not available to record I think until after Christmas so you will get to hear uh, the official Super Betty Rose thoughts on Stronger but not from you or I Phil there you go that's just the way it is I switched you know the object and subject to my sentence there that was very poor grammar well done I know I can bombard you with a thousand suggestions and requests but here are just a few can you remind us why you started podcasting in the first place and what keeps you going Phil uh, we did the podcast because I've been talking about podcasts with Laurie forever and we've been talking about films forever and how I was thinking, oh, it'd be really fun to do this sort of thing. And then I remember talking about it with you on a sofa and you literally said, well, let's do it this Saturday. Let's just do it. Yeah. And I remember being like, what are you talking about? We're not, we can't just do it. We haven't like thought about it or anything like that. And you're like, nope, we need to just do it because this is how these things get done. <laughs> and then after that first recording, was it was weird and bizarre, but we did it. And then immediately we were like, right, we're going to do the same thing next week. And this is what I mean, listeners. Laurie really drives this show because you made me do it every <laughs> single week. And it was sort of like I was on the train before I'd re- even realised it left the track. You were glad to be on that train. Oh, think, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's been fantastic. And I think the reason why we did it was because we, we, th- we were listening to other film shows. And I think we both felt like we had things to say on films and we talked about it a lot and we just thought it'd be fun we thought it'd be really fun and then the other part of the whole thing as well was laurie was really keen to do something which was bright and fun and not so uh much about being cool or edgy or controversial but just literally just having something which is entertaining well and a a totally non-political all that sort of stuff yeah because the world weighs us all down and i've really valued stuff that is just light and entertaining and that's been our goal i really hope we (laughs) succeeded and then there's another thing which we might picked up listeners as we've been doing the show because we mention it quite often Laurie and I are both massive fans of Adam and Joe. Oh, yeah. Uh, they did a podcast. And Laurie, I think you still listen to I shows do, many times, that yeah. they've done. So yeah. that, they were shows that they're not even on the air anymore. They used to do BBC Six Music. Yeah. And they were like the number one podcast or something for that channel. And Laurie got me listening to them. And loads of our family listen to Adam and Joe or have listened to bits of them. And we just really like their silly little ramblings and jokiness. And That's true. And once they'd stopped, you know, we thought, what do you do? <laughs> yeah, we'll fill that hole. <laughs> yeah. And, or, and this is a sort of lame, over the top, inspiring, I hope thing to say. I really do think, because some people say, oh, I could never do that when I've said, especially since I've been doing the radio. I really think people can do it. So if you've ever wanted to start a podcast, as you and I did, Phil, you really, all you need to do is just do it, you know, pick your day and do it. And, and this then- is, this is all sort the of thing which loads of filmmakers are talking about. They're saying that you can get really cheap cameras now and just start doing it start yeah. making these things actually it sounds way more scary than it is but just doing it and doing it as best you can and regularly and committing to it trying to improve all that sort of stuff i mean yeah. i'm definitely riding your coattails Laurie, but no, it's, it's a fun little ride but i've enjoyed doing the show and i'm really glad that we kept on doing it yeah yeah me too that's a really long answer i hope it's an interesting one nicholas thank you for asking it uh, he says, what was your favourite review this year? He says his was Triple X. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very good review. I enjoyed that review a lot. I enjoyed um, the Patterson review. I liked... The... Well, we had some segments from that in the Laurie vs. Yeah, film. I liked mm-hmm. that a lot. That was a, an interesting review. 
Um, the review that I did that I was most proud of, where I felt like I really managed to say what I wanted to say. Sometimes you 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 having the, all these thoughts about films and you just don't feel like you actually nailed it. You didn't quite yeah. get everything out that you wanted to. The time when I felt like I said everything I wanted to say was that film Love. Do you remember that film Love? No, I don't. It was uh, Joel Edgerton. And um, it was about based on a true story, but it was a kind of a bland true story, even though it was about oh, the you're first right, loving, couple. You loving, mean, yeah. yeah, loving the Oscar nominated one. Yeah, I remember reviewing that. I couldn't remember the name though, and uh, I remember feeling like, oh yeah, I really said what I wanted to say about that film. Oh, nice work, Phil. I'm trying to think if I had, I don't in my he- often my reviews just leave my mind as soon as they're done. I think. I enjoyed reviewing Jackie. I was just about to say that, yeah. And because, and, but that's partly just because I love the film so much. And one of the things that I really am glad about is a lot of people I know have gone to see it because I've been so over the top about it. And I think I'm just really pleased about that because, you know, it's not, not about me. I just think the film's so great. I really want other people to see it. And to my mind, that means that the review was right, wasn't it? Because it was a really good I managed film. to communicate how I felt. So that's probably my favourite. Uh, any favourite guests, question mark? Who would you like to have on the show? We've not had many guests, have we? Benedict's always been great. I really enjoyed having Russ on the show. I enjoyed having yes. our dad on the show. Yeah, and that was Sam, a long time like, ago. All, all of our guests have been brilliant. Sam was great. Yeah, it's just nice when people come in and chip in. Even Judith, uh, just doing a little bit here and there. Yeah, it's been great. I think we'd have more guests on if it was a different sort of thing. It's quite hard to arrange and sort out, but you never know. Let's not close those gates, Phil. I still want to get Jet from Gladiators on. I've got <laughs> not not just because she's Jet from. You Gladiators. want her to talk about Wonder Woman, don't you? Yeah, I do. I've got you know I've got something really good I want to ask. You've her, got so. one question you really want to ask. Well, her, no, couple now i think i might try and make that happen so we'll, we'll see uh what's your current score on the plus ones and minus ones don't know i, I don't know officially but i think laurie has officially won this year mm, i don't know that's I'll, my inkling i'll say for sure uh, either a christmas episode or in the new year and then finally those two years on the podcast have been filled with so many reviews movie news but there's also been many personal events i.e the super baby baby <laughs> engagement which is a delight. Uh, family has always been something important to your lives, right up to the title of the podcast. Very good point. So my final request is, can we be introduced to a new family member? I think what we might do is, during the Christmas episode, if we do get around to recording one, we're hopefully going to be together as a bit of a, a Bailey clan, and maybe we could do a little bit of a drop-in and just have a chat-chat like we did growing up. You mean get some of the other family members in? Yeah, and just record some general chat about a movie or something. Listeners, Nicholas obviously would love that. Tell us if you'd enjoy that, and we'll have to persuade our family to actually be up for it. Judith often doesn't like coming on the show. You never <laughs> guess it. She sounds great. but She's never, really good yeah. on the show. But I think what's funny is um, when we have had guests on the show, we just think, oh, we're doing the show and we're used to doing it. But what's fun is that they, they kind of feel like it's an event to be yeah. on the show, <laughs> which is quite funny People to us, surprisingly but it's, it's enjoyable. Sometimes. Yeah, But yeah, we'd like to get some more guests on. There we go. Uh, And let me finish, he says, with some point allocations to the both of you. Good time. That's the Robert Pattinson film. Plus one, Laurie. The film is quite an intense experience with a good approach to the disability issue, but not sure it holds as well without. Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. That's your one, Phil. Plus one to you. A great original coming-of-age movie. Nativity. Plus one, Phil. Hey. Saw it and completely agree. Annoyingly charming. And he's given us some must-watch recommendations to finish. Your name, which I think you've already seen. I've seen it, yeah. Check it out. I reviewed it. That was a while back. Um, Yeah. I nearly bought the DVD today to show you. I would like to watch it based on, yeah. I think it's, it's, weirdly, it's been culturally significant, hasn't it? It's it's been been back in the cinemas a few times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, It's on Amazon Prime, apparently. He said he'd rate it A. You must watch it, he says. Jaws is also on Prime now. And, And I think, Nicholas, you're referring to the fact that I still have never seen Jaws. And you are correct. And he says he's going to watch it, so who's going to be first... 
and then a hashtag cheese or wine. Uh, yeah, I've, I've seen Jaws now. I have actually seen it and um, I could review it. I could review it right now. It's have you not memorable. seen it either? I don't think uh, when we mentioned it last time, we hadn't seen it. And I have seen it now. A friend of mine showed me it and he really likes it. I think you probably really like it, to be honest. I'd be really interested in it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do that. We can do a cheese or wine. And incidentally, listeners, if you've never heard that phrase before, cheese or wine is a segment we sort of used to do where we look at an old film and ask, has it aged terribly like cheese or wonderfully like wine? Yeah, that's what it was, and it's all about classic movies. Are they worth your time or not? Which is sort of what we do with what we've been watching anyway. It's sort of... So. Lots of things have overlap <laughs> in what we do, you know? It's a nice branding, though, Phil. Yeah, well. exactly. I came up with that branding. It's I'm very good. With no, it. It's impressive. It is uh, there's loads of features that we did, but we have sort of drop and pick Actually, up. That and... would have been a good uh, highlight reel. Dead features. <laughs> no, like, not dead mo- features. Movie love speeches. Features on the shelf. <laughs> uh, keep up the good work, he says. And again, happy 100th. Thank you so much, Nicholas. And I think we should probably end the emails there. Thank you so much for all of you who have been in touch over the last year. It's been amazing, really, the correspondence and the support and the interesting discussions that you guys have provoked and the ideas you've shared have been brilliant. So please keep them coming and you can reach the show at superbaileybros at gmail.com or you can tweet us at superbaileybros. Thanks, guys. Okay, 100, we made it. <laughs> Why are you doing your weird radio voice? Is that what it's Okay, about? 100, okay. we made it. Uh, listeners, thanks so much for sticking with us, if, especially if you've stuck with us for 100 episodes. If you haven't, you still can go back and listen to those, but I think, you know, you can really hear that we were just starting out when you get to the sort of first 20 or so. Yeah, I think what's been crazy is I think we have actually got better doing this. It's a funny thing because we realise how shambly rambly we are, and it is in many ways, but it's a real joy and delight to know that people enjoy it so thank you so much and you know it wouldn't be a hundredth show if we didn't leave you a special treat right at the end and for old time's sake I'll play the uh, outro music out as well so just wait till the end of the jingle for the final compilation segment anything else you want to add Phil? It's been a blast looking forward to the next year bring on 300 what? no 150 (laughs) would it be? time to go time to go (laughs) bye listeners Uh, oh and also we will season 3 that's what you wanted to go with season (laughs) 3 it will be season three in the next episode won't it? And oh and I want to say... say as well the name of the show what's going to happen to it Phil ah let's just leave it man let's just leave it I, you know what listeners I've actually come full circle on it I think we are going to remain in Super Baby Bros in Movie Land imagine that I didn't see that coming what a surprise <laughs> uh, we won't say Merry Christmas now because we'll try and release a Christmassy episode but have a lovely holiday break I hope you rest up well see some great films and of course send all your thoughts in if you've been waiting for Star Wars why Worry not, the spoiler episode that we've recorded will be out at the same time, so keep an eye on that in the feed. Yeah, do get in touch about those, even please, if they don't please, even please if it takes a while, we want to hear what lots of people thought of that film. That's it. All the best listeners. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Well, listeners, Phil and I had recorded a very cheerful intro and a very excited intro to this next compilation as well, because what the plan was, was to introduce a a segue of bonuses to people who might not have heard them, the people who haven't ever braved sticking it out till after the closing jingle finishes. But just the way the episode panned out, and in a way, staying true to the people who listen every week and stay right through to the end, instead, we've just popped it right here. Uh, So have a listen, enjoy some of our favourite bonus moments from the last year the super baby bros and you never know the thing that normally comes after the bonuses might also be there too the gift that keeps on giving or uh, frustrating you never know uh thanks so much listeners for listening uh, over the last year we really 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 appreciate it thanks
if you have a character who goes into a bar like to do something to find out some information or to meet someone just have a drink in the corner yeah have you noticed the way that it's always exactly the same in a couple of checkbox features so number one is they tend to get in without any trouble <laughs> straight in no issues whatsoever. no issues they're always dressed just fine they go in straight away number two always if it's a girl walking into the bar some guy will check them out vice versa if it's a boy they'll walk past someone in the bar who will obviously like turn around as they're stood at the corner of the bar and have a look at them oh look at that look at that girl walking by has that ever happened to you in a bar <laughs> yeah all does the time that, man, yeah. <laughs> does that ever happen to anyone in a bar <laughs> like well, as soon as you walk past everyone's like oh who's this just walked in in reality bars like you want to hear my joke that i learned while i was away all right it's a little bit rude Okay. Why did the toilet paper not cross the road? I don't know that I want to know. <laughs> he got stuck in a crack. Lovely. On that note, let's go. I think you're seeing it the way your daughter Even sees it. Even the bad guy in Mulan knows what you do with a lost doll. <laughs> The little girl must be missing her doll. We, we should return it to her. <laughs> if you, <laughs> even a wicked, evil, Disney, terrifying villain knows what to do with, with a black lost eyes. doll. So if you are the person who just left it, trod on it, even stole it because it can't have gone anywhere, then oh, you're worse than, what's the guy's name? Shang Fu or something like that. Should I play the clip? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Besides, the little girl will be missing her doll. We should return it to her. Did you do a poem? Uh, yep, I wrote you a poem. Did. <laughs> of course this is did. what I did. I decided I'd do a parody of a love letter. And uh, so I tried to do it. I tried to ham it up a bit and went mm. way overboard. But That's even nice. then, I felt like I felt like it was too much. So, I mean, even though me, I tried to do too much. Talking about it now on a show that she may very well hear. She's not going to listen. She <laughs> How won't do you know it, that? She'll, fall, you know she'll that? fall asleep before she gets there. <laughs> she's exactly. Yeah, 100%. Hmm, interesting. Well, listeners, I'm sure you've written love letters in your time. I, I just think they're cringy. They're the worst thing to read back. Even cards that I've written my beautiful wife, Judith, over the years, if I've reread them, I sort of, I can't quite handle What's written? There? It's almost like you. It's. It doesn't feel real. Like even though you. You, feel you mean it at the time. You yeah. expose your heart like uh, General Grievous in <laughs> Star Wars: <laughs> Revenge of the Sith, open to being burned alive. You know what I'm saying? I know what you said. And it's just. Uh, it's too painful to relive even a sweet sort of happy memory. Some if you can hear your own voice at a delay, it becomes impossible. It becomes impossible to keep talking. Now, and I've set this challenge to Phil. In a minute, I'm going to switch off his live vocal and switch on a delayed vocal. So he is going to hear an echo of himself as he talks. And we're all going to enjoy it. <laughs> oh, no. slowing down. <laughs> I, so I've got um, the beginning of Brown Prejudice. If it works too well, because you've got the text in front of you, then I might ask you to say something off the top of your head. Okay. We'll okay. see how it goes. All right, ready? So I'm turning oh, on the echo no. now. Phil, get ready. One, two, three, go. It is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want. I hate this. Have you ever, ever even been remotely tempted to order a fillet of fish? It's a tough one because breaded fish is delicious. It is great, isn't it? But it's just not appetisingly put together. Maybe it's the sort of the rogue choice. You know, you were saying about me earlier that I don't do what people want me to do. Maybe there's like, that's what you... If you're a cool guy and you're against the curve, right? Or go with a fillet is, of fish. Like, yeah, <laughs> hit me up with a fillet of fish. That's right, everyone. Maybe that's what all, I said. Maybe it's all in the name, though. If it was called a, like, McCod. A McCod, that's a good idea. <laughs> then maybe people then, would then go with it The poster could say, oh, my McCod. <laughs> oh, my McCod. <laughs> or something like that. 
a hashtag ruin a dessert. And my one is tiramiso. And apparently this guy, he does uh, rice with his like roast chicken. That and rice weird. and gravy. What rice? What? And the thing is, is I was like, you, Laura, I was like, what? That's so ridiculous. He was like, yeah, your carbohydrates, you know, you've got to get them in. And it's like... Well, have you heard of potatoes and Yorkshire puddings? <laughs> yeah, but he was like, seriously, you need to try it. Rice and gravy. And the thing is, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, that sounds great. That sounds oh, really no, good. No, don't. You're very suggestible, Phil. Well, no, maybe... I, it's no. all about Yorkshire puddings. All right, you kid. What, what, <laughs> what do you mean? No, I'm just How saying... How very dare you. Cheese and jam is fantastic. If you've never done that, I mean, I discovered a lot of things as a student. I had no money at all by just doing whatever was in the cupboard. And when I lack bread, my my, my sort of food approach is well, I need to have a slice of something that I can put something else on. So what can I slice? (laughs) I need a carrier for the food. (laughs) That's literally what I thought. Some kind of food tray, edible tray. (laughs) So I sliced up the cheese, popped jam on it. Delicious. And then I also did the same thing with Weetabix and peanut butter, which was not delicious. Was it? (laughs) Terrible failure. That's like the two cloyest things ever. I didn't think about it. There's no moisture there. (laughs) No, that was a a, a failure. You know toast. If, it, if, if I do know toast, yeah, you know toast. I know toast. <laughs> this is classic Phil Bailey bonus <laughs> right now. Toast, I reckon, if somebody makes toast for you, it's so much better than do if you, think you make so? toast Actually, yourself. Actually, my wife says that to me. She says I do good toast. That's I think it's if it's the fact that you haven't had to make it and it's just there, and somehow their spreading ability, their kind of casual, don't care attitude to the marmalade Let's and the butter, or whatever. It just makes it you're not wrong because a special treat I sometimes offer myself because uh, <laughs> I occasionally uh, sit in the swimming pool cafe while my wife takes up my daughter swimming so that I look after our, our son mm. and, it, and I get some work done but I often treat myself to jam and butter on toast from the cafe and it's always worth it listeners if because jam and you're toast not is on it. the menu yeah there is something especially tasty about that maybe you're onto something Phil <laughs> the only easter egg hunt I'm interested in is uh, one that ends in chocolate <laughs> Is that a joke? No, no. <laughs> Let's have the best sandwich ever. You chose the wrong one. I, uh, I just basically had the best sandwich ever. Is I, that it? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's more than you think. Stay, stay with it. Stay with it. Stay with it. Don't, don't, sorry. I was working uh, at a big communal place recently, and I needed to get some cash out. And uh, I put in my uh, card, you know, put my pin in, all that kind of stuff. I was getting ready to take out my cash. And the machine flashed up with a screen. It said, should the UK continue with Brexit? Yes or no? What? Excuse me, cash machine? <laughs> Did you just ask me to give some political views in plain view? of Like, because everyone is there, right? Everyone yeah. is, like, there was a woman behind me who was waiting to use the cash machine. And here's this cash machine asking me what I think of Brexit. Why is it? It's not a poll machine, is it? Yeah, right, exactly. And it's got my PIN number and, like, my identity there. It's like, citizen uh, THX1138 thinks we should do this. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, that's terrible. Oh, like, that's since horrible. when did that become acceptable for a cash machine to ask Cheeky you a question like that? I've got a folder on my phone which has got celebrity pictures on. Do you want to know who the celebrities are that I've uh, attempted to sort yeah. of pursue? Hit me. So for a while it was Zac Efron. I oh, really liked really? his. You know, I had kind of the Bieber hair when I was younger, and like that oh, was you the did. big thing. That's right. And then Zac Efron had that sort of high school swoopy, swoopy thing, and I thought maybe I could be a bit like uh, him. And then he cut his hair short, so I used his haircut short as my next step in my hair evolution. Then I was like, no, forget this. I need to go more classic than that. Forget about Zac Efron. He's new. I want to go old school classic. 
and that was Robert Redford. Nice, yeah, nicely done. But That's his hair, hair is legendary. <laughs> I realise <laughs> I do not have legendary hair. Mm. And then they just seem to ignore the fact that I'm going very specifically for <laughs> elements of the hair, and then it becomes like. Uh, well, I'm not sure if we really can achieve that. That's what, yeah, that's what yeah, they said. Yeah, it's like, yeah. well, just something like that. Just anything remotely uh, like that. It's a terrible uh, thing. Heartbreaking. You know what's even better than that? Sprinkle a little bit of cracked black pepper on it. Even, a, even jam no, and that, toast no, with cracked no, black pepper. No, no, that bothers me. I hate that whole, oh, that just is put, good, a, man. put a little bit of no, 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 on but it. You know no, I, come on, you know, no. that's not, you know I'm not that person, Phil. But cracked black pepper on jam on toast, it brings out the flavour, I'll tell you what I'm annoyed about. <laughs> Flipping, you can't get caramel anymore. It's all salted caramel. Well, that's not true. You can't, I swear, you won't find caramel anymore. Everything's salted. I did enjoy the salted caramel phrase for, for phase. <laughs> not phrase. <laughs> for a while. I hear where you're coming, but I've never really liked caramel. Chili and chocolate, stuck all that to stuff. my teeth. Hello. Welcome to Odeon, Leicester Square. The films to see today are Despicable Me 3. Hello. Welcome to Odeon Leicester Square. No, that's no good. <laughs> Leicester Square. Leicester Square. Please exit to Terminal 31. And as I came to the end of Bar Bar Black Sheep, I was playing it in two lower keys, so I was singing it a bit higher, a bit more like a rock song. Have you any wool? Like that kind of thing. Yeah. And when it came to the end, I found myself just doing this naturally. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Three bags full. You know, you make me want to shout. And I suddenly realised, I don't think there's a single song in existence that doesn't transition perfectly into that riff. Well, the one that, from, Lulu, uh... that Lulu riff is amazing. Well, you know, you make me want to shout. Like, do it. Have a go. Sing oh, any no, song. I can't do it. I can't do it. You sing Wonderwall. The end of... Wonderwall. Oh, what's the last word in that song? That's a After all, you're tune. my Wonderwall. After all, you're my wonder. Whoa. <laughs> you know, you make me want to shout. It's perfect. I think it might be the most perfect uh, little melody line ever written. You speak of Jocelyn like she is a target. Isn't she? No. She is the arrow. Now, let's, un- <laughs> let's try and understand this. Are you going to so use your literary the, degree? I'm going to try and think about it. So in the metaphor that's been painted, so there is a target, right? And because he says an arrow, there must be an arrow lancing towards that target. But he says that she is the target. But then he says that she's the arrow. So if she's the arrow, then what is the target? Is, there, is he saying that he's the target and that she is striking him? But if that's the case, then who's the archer? Like, who is the one <laughs> shooting the arrow? Or is he saying that in a way love is the time? <laughs> Honestly, cannot figure it out. What does he mean? They're really clever when they name these things. Like, if you go to... Banana Boost. Well, exactly. But even more than that. Like, they started to be shot. super clever. And then in, in Boots or wherever it is, or something's get a meal deal, you know, the sort of... Just the juice drinks that you can get now, because people are cottoning on to the fact that smoothies are too sugary. So they do these drinks instead that have... They're like, like blended... Fruit and vegetable extracts or cucumber. But the names Peak. are like... I can't not believe them. <laughs> and I feel stupid, because I tend to choose a smoothie based more on the name than on the fruits that I know that I'm going to enjoy. So if I see something that says something like restore and replenish, I literally buy it as if it's a potion from a video game, <laughs> expecting that as like, I drink it, it's going, heart. <laughs> <laughs> back to full energy. Do you do that? Do you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wanted to get... Uh, 
backpack, but I, then I called it a back sack. <laughs> a and, back sack. And for some uh, reason, it's just funny, isn't it? <laughs> Imagine if backpacks were called back sacks. I do sometimes think about that. If you rebranded something that is so well known, would it have had the same success? So if you started calling them back sacks, yeah, I don't think it, <laughs> I don't think it would have sold quite as well. Rucksack, you know, backpack. Yeah, that's <laughs> Maybe that's why it's called a rucksack. But a back sack is still quite, you know... It's quite literal. There's something, there's something funny it about it. Isn't it? Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> I don't, wouldn't recommend using it in everyday uh, language. Yeah. Yeah. If you read books that have ever covered medieval warfare, or seen films or TV shows that have battles in it, for example, Game of Thrones, which we mm-hmm. talked about last mm-hmm. week, have you noticed that people go on and on and on about ships, like they say? But they've got two hundred ships, and we only have. Are you one talking about the fact that ships sounds like something else? No, I'm not. <laughs> right, okay. I've got more serious points to make. But and and even in the Matrix, right? Uh, in the Matrix Revolutions, when they're trying to defend against the uh, the Squiddies, what are they call again, you know, the <laughs> machines, you machines that come yeah. into the the base, the Squiddies, yeah. What's his name? The really boring commander guy saying, "I'm going to believe I need every ship that we have." When he's annoyed more, yeah, yeah, taking yeah. His ship away. <laughs> and there's constantly talk about how many ships we've got: two hundred ships, three hundred ships. What's so great about ships? <laughs> Have you ever thought that like real life video game stuff is probably like drugs? That's that's basically what it is. <laughs> Performance in like pills, yeah. Like you steroids, take a boost you like, plus five strength. <laughs> <laughs> like you know what I mean? I hadn't considered that. Phil. That's real life video game stuff. That's rather just sad. Drugs. And it's quite a depressing angle. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. I'm blue. Dabba dee dabba die. Dabba dee dabba have you ever noticed how like you can just really really tell when a foreign product is being sold in, in england <laughs> i recently saw some like weird chocolate bar thing and it was called like krokenberg or something and it was this hazelnut wafer <laughs> with like half a cup of chocolate on top and you're just thinking this is clearly not for Britain, but they're trying to break into the UK market. I love that. It's one of my favourite things, especially when some of those adverts make it onto TV. And, and it's something so funny. <laughs> Toffifi, I remember that one. Oh, Toffifi, like... it's strange, isn't it? <laughs> and it's like a tray of these like weird little kind of you, budget sweets. You know in films when something sort of psychedelic is happening or that is supposed to represent like the fracturing of someone's psyche or emotional state. Sort of like a drug trip thing. Yeah, and what you'll get is sort of like Flashy really images. rapid cuts, like uh, the only heart, like split second, but loads of them in. Or someone's being hypnotised or sort of transformed and you get a kind of swirly, stereoscopic uh, psychedelic. And a blurring of the perspective shot. Yeah. Do you ever, is there a little tiny part of your mind that worries that maybe it's going to do it to you? <laughs> <laughs> what if there's a hypnotist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't like, you kind of think, oh, I don't want to watch it in case it hit the film hypnotizes me. <laughs> Is that the dumbest thing ever? Laurie, how do you say pain au chocolat? Pain au chocolat. How do you say it? Say it again. Pain au chocolat. Pain au chocolat. Pain. So, I do pan. Pain au chocolat. Do you say pan au chocolat? Pain au chocolat. <laughs> or do you go pan and not do the end? Uh, chocolate one, mate, yeah. <laughs> so this is the thing. I go to like these cafes in Oxford. I'm like, oh, can I have a pain au chocolat? And they're like, what? No, are they really? <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I don't know how to say it without either just looking like oh. I'm an idiot when I don't know how to say it properly. My French pronunciation comes in and I think I need to say this properly because it's a French thing. Or they just don't understand what I'm saying. So I feel like I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place. Can we do the Google thing where we get them to say it? Uh, yeah, all right. I love the French accent, man. I wish I could do it. Why is the word and in the song 
Every single other syllable is a letter of the alphabet, but we can't not say and Z or and Z. Can you listen to this? A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z. Why do we say and? <laughs> like, 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 see, I told you. I told that in because it's like... W, X, Y, Z. Why is the and in there? What's wrong with X, Y, and Z? Why do they have to come after and? Why are they in a separate clause of the song? Are they, in, are they you can't see it's always letters? so jigging that he's doing as he sings. Are they? Oh man, that's funny. Yeah, I told you. That's told weird, you. isn't it? They were so close to a perfect like, full house of letters. Why and? It's not a song. Stop pretending like it's lyrics. They're not lyrics. <laughs> Pigeons suck. They're rubbish. They're really the worst. And I'm sick and tired of pigeons embarrassing me and making me feel like an emasculated fool when they do that stupid little flighty up thing in your face. And you're like, ooh, they're getting weird and freaky outy because there's a bird in my face. And everyone else around you is like, why are you being weird? And yet at the same time, I still judge those people when they freak out because there are pigeons near them when it's not me. And so I'm my own worst critic. I criticise myself. I create the environment that I wish not to be a part of. Also, the way they eat is just annoying. Like, you know, when they peck it a couple of times, then they fling it somewhere, like, really (laughs) far away. And then they just follow after and go, and then just fling it again. It's really annoying. I don't know why, but it really bothers me. Like, just moderate your pecs. (laughs) Anyway, that's that's my thing on bitches stuff. A, B, C, and D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z. There we go. It's achievable. You do it. You do it. I can't think of where I put it. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, M, J, J, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z. There we go. It's achievable. You do it. You do it. I can't think of where I put it. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, M, J, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z. There we go. It's achievable. You do it. You do it. I'm not good at this stuff. You're really good at mixing up songs. Uh, you little DJ. It does. It, I mean, I'll say it again. I, I, no, I won't say it again. <laughs> Here it is, talking time, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I found it a bit too concerned. Well, it, it was it was an odd story to tell because it was, uh, yeah, I mean, I, you can listen to it last week. Sorry, I'm not doing a good job. But yeah, I do, let, me, let me do this again. Woo, they're baby. Woo, this. Bloopers. I'm glad to hear that Daniel Kaluuya is doing well for this British actor's not that I am one, but you know. <laughs> what are you talking about? Let's just edit this. Is let it. <laughs> so could you stop yawning? I've actually got a bonus to, okay, uh, carry on. to do. It's late, man. We've had a few tweets. Dak and Port. Dak and Port. <laughs> I can't speak today, Dak man. Dak and Port. Okay, Phil, you ready? I'm ready. Boo. Oh. Are you scared? No. Oh. Yeah, like, you didn't read my gifted. Oh yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> I guess a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. I'd say that, can you? Yeah. Well, that was rude. It's really good stuff, man. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, there's a go. Oh, yeah, my, I did say... No, I, I need to change that. Know, I said, do you want some of those or not? You're recording? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's do this properly. <laughs> you Come on, man, you're ruining the flow. What have we been... Hold on. <laughs> Just play that, man. I changed it like halfway through. I right? bet you better it's, include it's that. You better cough. include that. Come on. <laughs> That's what I me- give me... I'd be ending. That's what would make me give it a B minus. Yeah, <laughs> don't do that. <clears throat> I only got away with that. Hey, is it recording me now? Yeah, yes. Yeah. No. Oh, let me start again. Could we? I'll just pretend to be surprised again. <laughs> hey, Phil. Hello.
<laughs> why don't you say hi, Laurie? What do you I feel to... like I've got a mental trigger or something that you need to hit. Can we go again. <laughs> right, it's the third, third time's the charm. Right, okay, we've only been doing this for nearly a hundred episodes. Can I have one more thing? I really sorry, I forgot to. I know you come pressed on, stop on, and everything. On. Uh, best use of uh, Led Zeppelin immigrant song I've I've seen in a long time. Okay. It's worth saying. Like, last time I saw it was on School of Rock, which is great. But in I this hear, one, it genuinely is look, used. I'm, I'm, as, not gonna, I'm not making promises great... right now, but that may not make the final cut of the show. <laughs> we'll put it at the end. It may then. not make. Put it at the, the end, and then everyone can laugh at me. It's normal. Mm-hmm.